He took on the Hornets a second straight time, but the outcome was very different after a 19-0 Miami run broke the game open. Six players scored at double digits and unexpected contributions from the bench. Jamal Cain, Thomas Bryant, and they helped preserve a comfortable win that wasn't particularly close. We break down the victory, who stepped up, and more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team... Every day. All right. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Lamille. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, it was a nice, easy, convincing win for the Miami Heat. The Heat beat the Hornets 112 to 104, getting big games uh, from six players who scored in double digits. Duncan Robinson had 20, Jaime Hawkins Jr. and Kyle Lowry each had 17. Jimmy Butler finished with 15 points in 29 minutes and didn't even have to play in the fourth quarter, something we'll touch on a little bit later. Jamal Kane, Thomas Bryant came off the bench to chip in 25 combined points. We'll talk more about Jaime playing point guard, get to some listener questions in a minute, including where it is that the Heat stack up in the Eastern Conference. But first, David, what was your big takeaway from this game? Just Miami's depth continuing to find a way to shine. I, I've said it before. We just had recently had an episode regarding whether or not Miami needs a trade. And I, I remain convinced that this team, even though they barely squeaked by the Hornets just two nights earlier, the depth just continues to be Miami's greatest strength this season. They just have a number of players who can come at you. Jamal Kane has barely sniffed the court. Thomas Bryant's been mostly out of the rotation for the past few weeks. He comes in and does a great job of getting to the rim, looking aggressive, finishing a dunk over their starting center, kind of growling and and, and just looking much more comfortable. Like he, he seemed like the kind of player that Miami was expecting to get when they signed him as a free agent this year. And then Jamal Kane, just like another player who's shown potential, has had some moments throughout his short career, but he really hasn't been part of Miami's rotation. And here comes in and, and does another great, masterful job, looking really smooth, playing good defense. Scoring from the perimeter, doing everything he needed to do. And Miami's depth, again, just finding all these different players. And a night where Jimmy just wasn't particularly aggressive. He was looking to be more of a playmaker than anything else. It just kind of showed how other players step up. And this is without three starters in the rotation. So I can't say this enough. I think Miami has the depth. They've got the talent. They've got the, the right players who find ways to contribute. I like Jimmy Butler's game tonight. I thought he was yeah. very predatorial in the way that he was seeking mismatches. It was, hey, pull uh, Terry Rozier into his screen, get him switched on to me, and then I'm going to take him into the post. Uh, when Ish Smith was in the game, he would do the same thing. And so I liked how Jimmy was aggressive in that sense, but I'm with you in that it looked like he was trying to get other guys involved a little bit more. Ten assists for him tonight. Yep. Uh, so that was... Um, you know, a really important part of Miami's uh, offensive attack overall. The thing that stood out to me, though, was the fourth quarter and how the Heat were able to win mm. this one. Uh, despite getting outscored 34 to 24 in the fourth quarter, they were outscored by 10 points again in the fourth quarter. I believe it was 10 points in the last fourth quarter as well. But they had built up such a lead that it didn't matter as much. Uh, they right. led by as many as 17 points. And the part that I really enjoyed from this team is midway through the, the fourth quarter, uh, Charlotte cuts the lead to 12, down from 17 
to 12. They had made a couple of buckets in a row. Miami wasn't able to get anything on offense. And Eric Spolstra does this thing, walks out onto the court, calls a timeout. And what does he dial up immediately coming out of that timeout? A pick and roll with Jaime Hakez Jr. handling the ball and yep. Thomas Bryant screening and rolling. And Hakez finds Bryant in the pick and roll. The Heat go back up 103 to 88 after that. So they were up their 17 point lead had gone down to 13. They go back up 103 88 and really just sort of pull away from there. They start hitting a couple of three pointers after that and things like that. It really stabilized things. And I actually asked Spo, I'm recording this from Kaseya Center here. I asked Bolstra after the game about that exact timeout, and he said that's what exact that's what we needed to do at that point. It right. had been a couple of rough minutes. We needed to stabilize, but I also wanted to test that group. Jimmy Butler did not play in the fourth quarter in this one, and that was right. because they came out of that timeout and were able to kind of get the game back into control. He said if if they didn't score on that and maybe the next possession, he probably would have called another timeout and put Jimmy Butler back in the game. But Jimmy Butler yeah. didn't have to play because the second unit stepped up, stabilized things, pulled away with the win. And Jimmy Butler has now only played 29 minutes in this one, which is very important when you look ahead to Thursday night on the second night of a back-to-back. Jimmy Butler has not played a back-to-back game all season long. Uh, this could be the first set, potentially, uh, this time. Look, and, and they already had Jimmy Butler on the floor, except his name is Jaime Jaquez. They even spoke <laughs> saying in that same answer that you know he was running similar actions for Jaime that he would for Jimmy out there. And I had texted you before. Yeah seeing what Jaime's playmaking was like. And I, I jokingly said, is, is Jaime the point guard of the future? Is he the next, you know, everybody keeps talking about acquiring a backup point guard and needing to upgrade the position. And yet they kept running the offense through him and he was succeeding in that regard. I, I, maybe it's just a result of Charlotte's poorest defense or as Jaime continues to get more and more experience at the NBA level, but he seems co- very, very comfortable running the offense finding other guys, understanding the cutters. He's just got such a high IQ and incredible instincts and just a quick reaction time. He finds guys when they're under the basket. He found Bryant a couple of times. I think he found Bryant for that same dunk too. And, you know, he was just, he was really, really just solid as a playmaker. And he's got the size, just enough athleticism. Uh, And again, with the the combination of that and his instincts and his overall timing and, and understanding of how the game flows at a possession to possession basis, he might just be the answer for Miami at the point guard position. I won't go so far as to say that Jaime is a point guard in the making, but I like the way that he's able to run some second unit offense. He's able to get sure. them into sets. When Jimmy Butler is off the floor and there's no Bam and there's no Tyler Hero who were injured in this game, also no Haywood Highsmith in this game, and no Josh Richardson in this game either. Good so you're point, like, yeah. uh, what are we going to do? Because they like to keep um, Jimmy Butler's minutes aligned with Kyle Lowry because their two-man game is so effective. And Spolster mostly did that again tonight. But he entrusted Jaime Jaquez to get them into offense, whether it was just bringing the ball up or maybe it was something like bringing the ball up and running pick and roll or running pick and roll out of a timeout like we were talking about before. It was kind of just, okay, Jaime, you're just sort of our default point guard right now. Um, I don't know that that's the, 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 the vision going forward, but like I made the comparison to Chris Middleton before. And for years, Chris Middleton was Milwaukee's best pick and roll ball handler with Giannis. And so, like, it, you don't have to necessarily put positions on these guys, but the fact right. that he can do this at this stage of his career is, it's just crazy. And, and David, we've had so many conversations about Jaime this year. This might have been my favorite game he's played the entire season, given it, it was maybe, it might not have been his best game, but it was my favorite one because we saw so many different things from him. We saw him running the offense. We saw him on the break in transition, um, juking out, Charlotte defenders and, and Euro stepping and finishing at the basket. He tried it twice. It, it worked the first time. The second time, he had the ball knocked away from him. 
We saw him defensively stepping up. We saw him making uh we saw him making three-pointers in this game. He was two for two from distance in this one. He had eight assists, he had six rebounds. Like, yeah, it just almost a triple double in 33 <laughs> minutes. Like, you know, it was he was flirting with those kinds of you know, triple type uh, uh, production, and that's what he's capable of are those big games where he has the impact and 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 makes a, a positive play in numerous different ways, offensively and defensively. Showing really the footwork had that spin move that that Jimmy Butler did the same thing. I tweeted it out, like it was yeah. copy and paste, mirror images, same exact. Jimmy Butler post up, drive spin to the spin, basket, yeah. finish at the rim, and Jaime did it later. And I was just like, "This yeah. is crazy, David." Yeah. I was on, on media row today, and there was a point. I don't remember which Jaime thing it was, but Jaime <laughs> did a thing, and I just threw my hands up, and I was just like, "I'm, I'm done. I'm, I've seen everything I need to see from this guy." Uh, I don't know what his ceiling is. I think it's it's too premature to have that kind of conversation. I think it would be unfair to set those expectations at this stage. It's been twenty plus games. Prime as a rookie, but I I just I know he's going to be a good NBA player at the minimum. I know he's a a, a, a just a a building block for this Heat team. Adrian Wojnarowski on Threads. I don't even know if he put this on Twitter. He's like trying to promote his he Threads account or something. Yeah, he did not. Okay, he didn't. All right, so I sent you the screenshot earlier. I'm glad you looked it up. And he was right. like, and he basically just broke news that Jaime Hakez Jr. and I don't know that he broke news. I think anybody watching these games can tell. But he's like, Jaime Hakez is is untouchable essentially in trade talks. And I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. Top 75 player of all time, untouchable or just untouchable? Like I don't know. Like it's, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, it really it just look. I mean, out playing like a lottery pick and Brandon Miller. Uh, I think he had Brandon Miller had a really strong game, a good game as an offensive player. Yeah, overall, but I think Jaime's just overall impact He's is better. so much greater, and he, he um, just he continues to be impressive. Like it's just unbelievable how how well Miami scattered him and recognized that he'd be such a a great fit right away. It's a perfect fit on both ends of that. Um, to have uh, Duncan Robinson said it post game. For Jaime also to be able to just watch and learn from Jimmy Butler, it couldn't have been a better fit for Jaime. And I great thought that was a great point yeah. by Duncan in the locker room after the game. Um, all right. Speaking of Jaime Hakez, speaking of Duncan Robinson, speaking of Jimmy Butler, you know that they've earned some credit cookies in this one that's coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The weather's getting colder, but the NFL offers are staying hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get a $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money light bet. That's $150 just if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is really easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. If you're watching on YouTube, throw us a like. Scroll down, hit that like button. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, David, it's another Heat win, which means it's time for the tastiest segment in Locked on Heat. It is time to hand out some credit cookies. We already talked about Jimmy. We talked about Duncan. We talked about Jaime. Where do you want to start? I I think we should stick with Duncan, to be honest with you. I I made the joke last performance that he had almost an all-star stat line. Not quite maybe as gaudy tonight, 
but 23 points, 7 of 11 from the floor overall, 6 of 9 from three-point range, a tough, ridiculous shot. Like his first few threes were really well challenged by Charlotte's defense. It didn't matter. Just Duncan just <laughs> lit him up. He just looks so comfortable out there. But he also chipped in two rebounds, three assists as he continues to evolve as a playmaker, and two steals. We have not nearly talked enough about Duncan's improved defense, like the fact that he's able to stay on the floor as opposed to last year where he was getting to early ticky-tack fouls. He has just changed his overall approach keeping his hand out of the cookie jar, not making those mental mistakes, and he's able to stay out there, played 40 minutes more than anybody else, was out there in the closing unit when Miami held on to that double-digit lead, was a starter again without Tyler Hero, and he just had an overall game. I'm giving him three cookies. Three cookies is, it sounds about right to me. Uh, I want to stay on the defensive point there because I asked Duncan about this in the locker room after the game, and I mentioned the specific play. It was the first half. He gets switched onto Brandon Miller. I think yep. I tweeted something about this. He got switched onto Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller throws his head back trying to uh, get the foul call. Doesn't work. Doesn't right. work. Uh, Duncan Robinson is a guy who's had a lot of foul calls on him in the past, but not so much this year. So Brandon Miller throws his head back. Doesn't work. Uh, and I, it maybe takes Brandon Miller out of rhythm a little bit, but then he, but Duncan Robinson's up in his grill and he ends up dribbling the ball off his own leg. And that counts as a turnover for, for Brandon Miller and the Hornets. And Duncan Robinson just kind of, he doesn't get overly pumped, but you could tell like, he was a little excited by the play there. And I was like, that's a real defensive play. That's a game-changing type of defensive play. We're talking about Duncan Robinson, who couldn't get on the court because of his defense in the past. And now he's making swing plays like that in, in a first half that was very messy on both ends. Yes. Uh, and for him to do that, I thought was very, very important. Um, and so, look, I think uh, the defense has come along in a very meaningful way for Duncan Robinson. We've spent so much time talking about his offensive growth. And that's why I asked him about his defensive growth. And it's something that he said that he takes a lot of pride in and he's been working a lot on. So I think it's, it's a good shout out. Um, And then offensively, I mean, he was just hitting three pointers now. And he also mentioned something earlier. He was asked about how the scattering report has changed on him after the game. Now that he's driving a little bit more. And he said, he doesn't see as many weird coverages as Mm -hmm. much. And I remember in years past where if he was coming off of a ball screen, like a second defender would come up and almost like yep. jump out on the at, right. beyond the level of the screen just to sort of take Duncan off of that. We know how he wants to come around those screens, just try to get him off his route, bump him off his spot. We're seeing a lot less of that, and I hadn't noticed it until Duncan had said something. We're seeing right. a lot less of that right now, and that's opening up those three-pointers. It's making those three-pointers easier, and obviously all the driving lanes and all that kind of stuff that we've talked about. So the evolution is just – it's being, it, it goes without saying. I'll say it anyway. It's been helpful all around. So Duncan Robinson, three cookies for him. Uh, what about Jimmy? Jimmy, I think, was a, a quietly really good performance from him. Very effective and, and really solid. So I'm going to give him two cookies on the night. Again, you read out the sideline before, but he finished with 15 points, six rebounds, 10 assists, and a steal. Four turnovers. It was a sloppy night for him. It was also four turnovers from Duncan and four for Caleb Martin. Just Miami set a record for the season for most turnovers in a quarter and a half. They were really ugly and, and just sloppy to start off. I don't know cool. if it's playing down to the level of the competition so I asked, or what. I asked Duncan yeah. about the turnovers, and he said that they basically, in shoot-around, decided that they want to try to get to the rim a little bit more. And yeah. I'd have to go back and look at these turnovers, but he said a lot of them it felt like were happening because they were pressing a little bit too much and trying to get to the basket. And you know this uh, about Steve Clifford. His main goal is to take the rim away and then kind of give up right. everything else. Uh, I thought they pretty much did that tonight, and they did muck things up at the basket. So maybe not the best night to yeah. to make a priority of getting to the rim, 
uh, especially when you shot 60 or 50% from three point range. It was up to like 62% at one point in the fourth quarter too. So, um, but yeah, I think maybe that might've been part of it. Again, that's one player's opinion, but I noticed the same thing in the first half and then also just pressing, right? I thought Kevin Love got uh, a couple of turnovers, just overpassing a little bit. Um, yep. which I didn't knock them for. You're trying to make stuff happen. I don't have a problem with those kinds of turnovers. But in the second half, to just have those seven turnovers, cleaning things up offensively was a big reason why Miami was able to win this game going away. Uh, but well, anyway. uh, we, we talked about Jaime before. I think he gets two cookies for a strong overall performance from him. But let's shout out Jamal Kane. I mean, he, wait, wait, he, I think he, Was it three for Jimmy? Uh, no, two for Jimmy. Two for Jimmy. Three and for, then two for yeah, Jaime. Three, yeah, yeah, two for okay. Jaime. Exactly. So we're, at, uh, we're up to... Seven so far, but I think Jamal Cain certainly gets a cookie. I mentioned him earlier, you know, a guy who got uh, playing time after being mostly out of the rotation with no Richardson tonight. Spo going deeper into his bench, calls up Jamal's number, and he looked a little shaky to start off, and then he kind of slowly started finding his rhythm, finished with 14 points in the night, 5 of 12 from the floor, 2 of 6 from three-point range, also chipped in three rebounds and assists. Back-to-back threes in the second half, big big three-pointers there to, to extend the lead. Uh, one for Thomas Bryant, one for Thomas Bryant. I think he looked great out there. I think he, you know, again, Orlando Robinson only played 12 minutes in the night. And I was a little surprised with that, but you know, between Kevin Love and Thomas Bryant, I'm sorry. It wasn't his best night. Orlando Robinson. Uh, he had two turnovers in the first five minutes. It was a little rough for him. Yeah, it was, um, you know, he's finding his rhythm. Uh, I think he's still been Mostly pretty good in his minutes. He's no Bam in a bio, but he's certainly been a, a pretty decent stopgap. He's more alongside, you know, what, what we saw from Kevin Lovett last year in terms of what he was starting at at the four in the playoffs. He would start the first quarter, start the third quarters, and not really play much after that. Yeah. I think Orlando's kind of found that uh, that same groove as far as his limited Thomas playing Bryant type. Thomas closing the game, I thought his offensive rebound, he had nine rebounds. Six of yes, them were offensive rebounds. He, he, what he was doing on the offensive boards with the putbacks and the second chance points, that's what Miami envisioned when they signed him. They wanted that level of production. 11 points in just below 16 minutes. Five for seven overall from the field. Uh, did pick up two personal fouls, but that wasn't the end of the world on a night where they were fouling quite a bit. But, um, yeah, that, that level of production is just what you need from Thomas Bryant. So one cookie for him, and then I'm going to assume that last cookie is going to Kyle Lowry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Five of five from the floor. Four of four from three-point range, just part of that incredible shooting display from Miami tonight. Also chipped in a couple of rebounds and assists and two steals. Just really solid overall performance. Only 24 minutes played, so I imagine both he and Jimmy will be available tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls because they'll be needed out there. One of my favorite plays from this game, Kyle Lowry, just an absolute tree trunk in the low post. Miles Bridges (laughs) gets him switched. I don't know why players keep doing this. I don't know why Kyle Lowry has been in the league for a very long time and I don't know how this is not showing up on your scouting report but Miles Bridges uh gets Kyle Lowry on the switch takes him down in the post or tries to he's in the post tries to back him down Lowry again total tree trunk Bridges is posting him up Lowry does not budge and then ends up causing a turnover stealing the ball away from Bridges one of my favorite plays Bridges guess what happened did not try that again for the rest of the game did not try that again for the rest again for the rest of the game what did he end up with Bridges yeah, 19 points on 9 of 19 shooting, so a pretty inefficient night for him. Yeah, only 1 of 8 from 3-point range, yeah. too. So, yeah, he struggled. Uh, we'll talk about Charlotte's 3-point shooting in the next week. But I think we should also shout out Kevin Love, who had a really solid yes. overall game. His rebounding was essential. And he looks 
honestly, it, I don't know if it's the heat. I don't know if it's their training regimen. It looks like he's turned the clock back a little bit. Maybe yep. it's the effect of having a full training camp with Miami and going through a couple months now of their regular practices. But he seems so much better, just more mobile and athletic than he did when he first joined Miami last season. I had the same exact thought. I kind of want to ask him. I'm like, when was the last time you played this well? Like, honestly. And and I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the game. But I, I think, it, and I don't know what kind of answer he would give. But I think it, it, it's it's interesting that you made that observation because I kind of made the same observation there. But um, we will talk about uh, a couple of other, uh, other notes from this game in the next segment, including why this fourth quarter was so much different than the last fourth quarter in Charlotte and Miami nearly gave that game away. What happened? Why did the win? Uh, why did the heat win so convincingly in this one? We'll talk about that next year on locked on heat. Today's episode of locked on heat is brought to you by Dave. I mean, look, sometimes you just need a little extra cash. We all need a little financial help sometimes. And that's why Dave is great. Not just a great name, but Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and they can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is a banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can save up to $500 in five minutes or less. I'm sorry, you can get, not save, but just get up to $500 in five minutes less. No credit check, no late fees, just a little bit of a loan when you need it. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest, and then you can settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash NBA. That's dave, A-V-E dot com slash NBA. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. So download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash NBA for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees do apply and banking services provided by Evolve member of FDIC. All right. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. If you watch this far, make sure you throw us a like. Scroll down a little bit. Hit that like button. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and also subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can email us, LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Thanks to everybody who wrote in questions using that hashtag, AskLOHeat. This first one comes from Brian, who writes in. Deed had 21 turnovers. They gave up 53.2% shooting. They scored basically the same amount of points as they did Monday. But today, the Heat coasted to a win. What was the difference? Is it just simply that Charlotte made five fewer three-pointers? David, what was the difference to you in uh, down the stretch in this one? I don't think it was just the fact that they made five less, but also the fact that they shot far less. They attempted 10 less three-pointers on the night than they did on Monday, and that probably led to a, that disparity. Miami's defense just wasn't nearly as settled, as sloppy as they were on the offensive end. I think they were much more crisp and sharp, especially with their closeouts, and they really kept Charlotte from looking to get those wide-open threes the same way they were when Miami took their foot off the gas in the game on Monday night. So I think that was a big part of it, not just holding them to less three-point shots, but also less three-point attempts overall. Yep. And I think that, that was what really stood out to me about the difference between that and Monday. It's a great call out. Uh, that was a big part of it. The other big part of it too, Monday night, the Charlotte Hornets, 84 field goal attempts. Hmm. Miami, 77 field goal attempts. Uh, now they did get a bunch of free throws um, on in that Monday game, but uh, it just didn't feel like they got as many shots on goal as Charlotte did in this game. The Heat had 86 field goal attempts and Charlotte had 77. 
field yep. goal attempts. So they just got more shots on goal. The free throw disparity stayed. They had 19 free throw attempts. Charlotte had just 11. Uh, and the offensive rebounds, 17 offensive rebounds. There was a lot of second chance points opportunities, which is why the Heat had such a free uh, a shot on goal disparity there. That was a big reason for this one. You just you limited Charlotte's attempts and and, and just shots on goal in general. You mentioned the three pointers. That was a big part of it. Just they didn't get as many three pointers up in this one as they did in the last one. Eleven fewer in this one than they did in the last one. Ten fewer. I'm sorry in this yeah. one than they did in the last one. And then you just outshot them. You got more shot attempts. You've got more uh, chances for points. And that that has been a winning formula for Miami all season long. They're not going to play with a, a really high pace. They're not going to get up a bunch of threes on their end. But if they yeah. can just get more shots on goal than the opponent, that that's a big part of their formula. The 22 turnovers didn't help, but it did help that Charlotte had 21 turnovers. So yes. that, that, that turnover disparity is not as, as, as big of a deal. Um, and then obviously it, the three point shooting really did matter. The fact that they had yeah. three more three pointers than Charlotte uh, was huge. Charlotte, yeah, and Charlotte only got thirteen points off their bench. A guy who has been dangerous against Miami this season, PJ Washington, only played a few minutes. He aggravated mm -hmm. a shoulder injury, was taken out, so he didn't play throughout the game. He's been very good against Miami, so I think that was a big part of it too. Miami's bench just clearly blowing yep. Charlotte's bench out of the water. There, thirteen points is less than Hyman scored on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next question comes from Shesh, who writes in, this team seems much better than their record. Where do you mm -hmm. think they wind up seated in the East? The Heat are 14-10 and 10 right now, having won back-to-back -back games against the Charlotte Hornets. I agree, David. I think this team is better than their record. Uh, I think the injuries have obviously not helped, and that's probably the thing that's dragging this team down the standings the most at this stage. But if you get Bam back, we have a new report uh, that Tyler Hero could be back within the week, but still no official timetables on either Bam or Tyler. But if you get Tyler Hero back soon and you get Bam back, hopefully by the end of the month, I don't know. I, I think that this team, I, I, it's really hard to predict where they finish in the standings. Yes. But I think Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia have really kind of separated themselves as the class of the East. The Orlando Magic just keeps stacking wins right now. Like yeah. uh, we're talking about like the conference. The Heat had to might they might have to worry about the division at this point. Not that anybody worries about divisions because they don't matter, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the Magic are just keep stacking wins. I, I don't they they're, they seem on track to finish with one of the top six seeds. But yeah, I think the Heat are like right in that sort of range if they can get healthy. The Knicks have been winning a bunch of games too. I don't want to leave them out, but like in that range, in that range. Yeah, I, after last year's playoff performance, and especially given that. To confirm what Shay said, I think this team is better than even last year's group was. So I'm not necessarily worried about where they finish in the final standings because I like their chances even on the road. That having said that, obviously yeah. they prefer home court advantage, right? Home court, and you don't want them to finish. You don't want them to end up in the play-in tournament either. No, but and, I mean and the that was East the biggest overall, thing from last year. You're right, but the East overall is so much better too. Like you've got some really decent teams like Charlotte. I mean, not Charlotte, not Charlotte. Uh, Cleveland, you know, they're out of the playoff picture right now. I'm the Knicks have been good. The Pacers, you know, the Magic. I I believe in what they've been doing. I just don't know whether or not it's so sustain sustainable over the course of the season. They're a really good deep team, but already they've had a number of injuries here and there. If a, 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 a Paolo Paquero, yeah, I, I, I know. I they're know, 16 I know. and 7. Like, if they fall out of the top six at this point, it would be like an injury to Franz or 
or Paolo at that point that could set them back. And you can't predict well, any of that kind of stuff. I, I, like Bancaro got hurt on Monday. I don't know if he's played since then, but I, right. I wonder whether or not he's available. But, you know, again, that's the kind of thing that can derail their season, especially when they're counting on these guys to step up for, for you know, uh, you know the, the, the stretch. Well, run. I mean, it could derail any, like an injury can derail anybody's season. No doubt. So no like, doubt. Well, I think Miami is one of the few teams that can withstand it, though. And I think this is a strong point mm-hmm. is of their, you know, their overall depth is that we're going to see Jimmy missed some time. Kyle might miss some time. He already had some lingering back issues. I wonder if that keeps him out of tomorrow's matchup against the Bulls. But if once Tyler comes back, once Bam comes back, if they're rested and 100% and ready to go, Miami it just looks so dangerous. I'm, I'm not that concerned about them being able to weather the storm for the stretch run yeah. because all these players have been tested and yep. continue to show out for them. So if there's a team that can withstand an injury, it's Miami. Even more and so than they've Boston. already gotten through the, the toughest part of this right with bam and tyler both being out yes. i can't imagine that it gets that much rougher if it does then this oh, has become that's, a, that's a catastrophic that's season but um yeah. yeah the fact that they're 14 and 10 after all of this is not bad uh you would like that record to be a little bit better but again maybe their best basketball is still ahead of them if they can this team can get healthy they're Last gonna finish year. fourth fourth west well, fourth in the west fourth. you think they'll finish fourth i do in the East, uh, that's fine. Yeah, I have no problem with that prediction. Um, Jimmy Butler, 29 minutes tonight. Did not have to play at all in the fourth quarter. I think that helps his chances playing Thursday night in Chicago, or against Chicago, I'm sorry, at home. Yeah. Um, he has not played on the second night of a back. He hasn't played uh, both games in a back-to-back set all season yet. Prediction, David, Does do we see it for the first time this year? Yes, because... Unless Josh is able to bounce back. If Josh bounces back from his migraine or, or whatever headaches kept him out of tonight's game, I could see Jimmy kind of using that as a reason to say, okay, they're they're fine. They can, they can have me sit out one game. And it's about, you know, they're, they're playing again on Saturday, then again against uh, – they're playing these same Bulls on, on Saturday and then yeah. against the Timberwolves on Monday. So he might be looking ahead and needing that rest. I don't know, man. It's really tough. Plays, I'm, 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 I think I, he I think plays, he plays is my prediction, because of the 29 minutes. It's almost like, really? You're not going to play like it's almost like it's borderline inexcusable, even though it's, you know, if you're just going to schedule in the second night of back to back sitting it out, that's what it is. But also, if he plays Thursday night, also plays Saturday night, then he could have the excuse of having getting to sit against Minnesota. And we know that he takes that personally and and chooses to not play the Timberwolves for whatever reason. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's the plan there. So we'll see. Um, anyway, thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your podcast app. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked on, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.